0: The Pre-Med Playbook Guide to the MCAT is now available for order to buy on Kindle devices at Amazon. Go to MCATbook.com right now to go buy. It. It's 4 dollars for the Kindle version. Remember, you don't have to have a Kindle to read a Kindle book. If you're listening to this on an iOS device, on an Android device, on a PC or a Mac, you can download the Kindle app and read a Kindle book on that app. Again, go to MCATbook.com, get the Pre-Med Playbook Guide to the MCAT, which will give you the insight about what the MCAT is all about, when to prepare for it, how to prepare for it, how it affects your admissions into medical school, what you need to do if you're retaking it, the best way to study for it, and so much more. Again, go to MCATbook.com, get the Kindle version, which is available right now. The paperback is coming out within the week or two. So again, MCATbook.com. This is The Pre-Med Year, session number 285. Hello and welcome to the three-time, hopefully soon four, Academy Award-nominated podcast, The Pre-Med Years, where we believe that collaboration, not competition, is key to your success. I'm your host, Dr. Ryan Gray, and in this podcast, we share with you stories, encouragement, and information that you need to know to help guide you on your path to becoming a physician. Welcome to The Pre-Med Years. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray, as I already said, and today I have an amazing episode for you. Before I get started with that, though, I wanna mention one more time, The Pre-Med Playbook Guide to the MCAT is available now on Amazon. That is a book that I co-authored with Next Step Test Prep, who I do the MCAT podcast with. If you're not aware of Next Step Test Prep, They are probably the gold standard behind the AAMC for full-length exams for the MCAT. So if you're studying for the MCAT, you need to to take full-length exams. You could buy the four from the AAMC, three scored, one unscored, and think you're good. Or you can get a couple more from Next Step in four-pack, a six-pack, or a 10-pack and save 10% using the promo code MSHQ. Again, that's 10% off using the promo code MSHQ And Next Step Test Prep. All right, so let's talk about today's guest. Today's guest is an immigrant. Today's guest brings a lot of diversity to the table, and I challenge him a little bit on that when he talks about his success through this application process, because what if you're somebody who doesn't or you don't think you bring a lot of diversity? I corrected myself on that because everybody brings diversity, which we talk about today. Our guest today took a long time to finish his undergrad, but through this application cycle has had multiple acceptances to amazing medical schools and will be going to an Ivy League medical school soon. Let's go ahead and say hello and welcome Fernando to the show. Fernando, welcome to the pre-med years. Thanks for joining me.
1: Well, thanks for having me, Dr. Ryan Gray. <laughs> it's a pleasure to be here.
0: When did you first realize that you were meant to be a physician in this world?
1: Wow. Um, late. Very late in this journey. Well, I don't know if it's very, it's too late, but um, I've always had a lot of respect for, for the profession and, um, and you know, being around doctors, not that I had many doctors in my family, but seeing and, and going to doctors was something that I've, I felt um, a great deal of respect for them. And, uh, and, and it was something that I really cared about, but, uh, but I never thought that um, that, that, was, that was for me until, until I was 26, until I had moved to New York City and I started living in this Harlem and became part of the LGBT community. And, uh, and suddenly, it really became a calling that, that was the fusion of my history, um, my, my academic background in biology in Brazil, um, and then medical lab sciences here in, in Hunter College in New York City. So it's, it's, really, it's really a calling that, that brought uh, many different aspects of my life together.
0: When you you said earlier that you didn't think it was for you, what does that mean? Right. So I mean,
1: I, I remember when I was picking my my my, you know my my profession. Let's say like this, right? Because I grew up in Brazil. For those who don't know, well, which is most of you, <laughs> uh, and in Brazil, um, you out of high school, um, you kind of like pick. Um, your career, right, or the track, basically your major, right, but we don't really have majors. So you start from day one, in my case, it was biological sciences. But I remember doing um, a tour at the School of Medicine for University of Sao Paulo, and I was like, whoa, I was so impressed with everything that I've seen. But uh, I didn't feel like I had the discipline, I guess I would say, or that I was, gonna be, that I, that I was good enough Smart to be enough. a physician. Smart enough. Yeah. Um, you know, I was, when I was 20, I, you know, 18 at that time, I wanted to move from my city. I come from a very small town in, in the countryside of Sao Paulo, in the state of Sao Paulo, in Brazil. And I wanted to see the world. I, there was so much that I wanted to do. And I, the, the, the thought of going through six years, because in Brazil, it's, it's six years for, for medicine was something that I was like, Well, wow, I, I can't do that. So, that's why the combination of like, oh my God, I have to study so much. I don't think I'm smart enough for that. And, and, and I felt like, oh my God, I don't have the, dis- the discipline for this. So that's why it kept me from, from thinking about it since the beginning. I knew, I, was, I knew that I loved sciences, but most of it biology. I've, I always thought that if, if I was gonna study something, it needed to be related to, to life. Uh, I thought I'm fascinated to think about how biological systems work and how they can maintain this homeostasis uh, energy exchange. I've always been fascinated by that, so that's why it was biology since the beginning.
0: Why were you so fascinated with biology?
1: Because it was science being applied to life, you know like like I said, uh, the idea of of having you know. Two cells coming together and forming a new whole new organism, right? Uh, It's something that I was like, woo, it blew my mind when I started studying. And I just wanted to learn more and more and more about it. And yeah, that's why I I, I took biology. I thought it was a a very novel field of study to study life.
0: When you came to the States, you're in New York City. You said you became part of the LGBT community or you you were part of the LGBT community community but you became more entrenched in the the specific community there in new york city what was it about what you were doing what you saw what you felt where all of a sudden now you were like well i i i guess i need to be a physician now
1: so you know i i well i came out of the closet when I was eight, well, 19, was still was in Brazil. Um, and, um, and I moved to the States when I was 21 for many different reasons, but one of them was because I wanted to be more independent. I wanted to live in a country where I did not have to fear homophobia and I, had, and I could enjoy um, some civil rights there in Brazil. Um, the LGBT community cannot, or especially back then, 10 years ago, they they could not afford. Um but moving to New York City was was very eye opening because I think it was also because I became more mature and I was able to uh face and understand some of the some of the, the problems that my my own community was going through. And uh, and it was really related to to HIV. Um, um I had many friends after I moved to New York City that disclosed to me about their status. And I had a very, very close friend who actually turned out to be positive. And uh, I remember going um, with him through the whole process of, of coping with, with the result and, and going to, to see the physician for the first time and, and getting acclimated to um, an American healthcare system um, so this, I and I was with him the whole throughout the whole process, and I was fascinated by that and how I could, as a physician, learn the tools to then bring that back to my community and help my community the way um, the 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 doctor that my friend was going to see was was doing for him.
0: You haven't changed necessarily as a person with your your IQ. How did you? come to realize that well maybe i am smart enough to do this
1: well it's funny because um you know in brazil i i had the privilege of going to to um a very good school university of sao paulo um and um and and it was it was really it was really tough at at least over there my gpa was a 2.8 and it was and it was it was hard. Uh, it was really hard. And then once I moved to the states, uh, I think um, I'm not. I don't think that the schools here are easier. But I think um, it was a system that it was perhaps um, easier for me as a student to to deal with and navigate it. And I also, you know, once I moved to the states, um, I became more mature, right? I think I think uh, um, um, I was basically you know p- taking care of my tuition and things like that um and and i was very aware of what i need to achieve as a student so then uh, my grades just really start getting better and better and better and uh, i did very well in my classes in, in over here in the united states and once i once i looked at my transcripts i was like oh my god like i think i can actually do this you know from a uh from a grade standpoint, like yeah, I think i could I can do I can deal with the challenge of of you know studying academically, um, and so that was a really good motivator for me because I was like, okay, I guess this part is is, is okay so just to summarize i think uh, I think it was a a combination of different different elements uh one me being older, more mature uh being more applied to classes and getting used to uh, an education system that perhaps was a better fit for me than than what I was experiencing at at the University of Sao Paulo.
0: Okay. You're an immigrant to the U.S. You have this realization that maybe you want to be a physician. How hard was it for you to start gathering that information to see exactly what you needed to do to start that process?
1: So that was... It it was, that was the biggest challenge for me. Um, I think uh, when I, when I first realized that like, you know, okay, maybe I want to be a physician. Um, I didn't know where to start looking for answers, um, especially looking for someone that has the same back same background as I do right as being being a latino immigrant a gay man um, like i've I, I, there was no role model for me anyone that i could say okay well that guy did it right so i can so i can do it too so it, it was really a a time that i had to start brainstorming and going after resources and uh and i think you know the 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 premed years was really an amazing resource for me because um I started listening since the day that I was like okay you know what I'm gonna do this I sat in front of my computer and I just started googling 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 and everything that was coming up coming up but I was like kind of like sorting through and seeing what the resources that I could use and uh I think the pre-med years was very um very seminal because I I could hear stories of other students that were also non-traditional uh, and that really motivated me. Um, when I looked for resources in my school, I'm from, uh, I went to Hunter College in New York City. Um, at that time, it was like three, four years ago, I, didn't, I did not find a tailored mentorship that I needed. So it was a little discouraging after my first visit Um, but, but that changed with time and uh, now I have to say that they've helped me a lot and they're, they're really cheered me through this whole process. Um, but, um, but at the beginning it was, it was tough. I also, I also waited a long time to actually tell people that I was a pre-med, um, and, and I think. From the time that I start telling people and I start going after my extracurriculars that I knew that I needed to apply, um, it took me maybe a year and a half um, from from like okay, looking up for the resources and um, and deciding where I was going to volunteer and, and why I was going to volunteer there, brainstorming all that stuff. I was really a a one year and a half time span. Did you did answer your question?
0: Yeah, yeah. Did did you get your undergrad degree in Brazil before you came to the states?
1: No, so that's another interesting thing too. Because I did um, three years in Brazil uh, of of biology, um, and then in my last year, um, I came to the states and uh, and I decided to move to the states uh, for the reasons that I have already mentioned, and uh, and I quit. <laughs> and I quit my and I quit college in Brazil um and um and I knew that I was going to live in the United States so I had to start from scratch so then I took 2 years off and I um I resumed my studies at, at MSU Missouri State University in Springfield Missouri I did 2 years there uh, mostly my my gen eds and then I moved to New York City um, so there was another break in education. And then in New York City, I decided that I needed to study something that was much more applied, uh, like a biology that was applied to something so I could feel like um, I was going to be a professional that could, that could somehow impact society. And then I, then I researched and I found the major of medical lab sciences that very few people know. And to me, it was very instrumental into my desire to be to be a physician because, or, or the major concentration the last two years is pretty much like um, a light version of the first two years of medical school. Okay. Histology, anatomy, uh, clinical microbiology one and two.
0: Interesting. How much did, in your mind, not completing your degree in Brazil hurt your application? this cycle.
1: Oh my god, I I I thought that that when medical schools were looking at my transcript they're going to laugh. I thought they were going to be like, "Oh my god, like this guy's serious, like he never he never finished anything he started." <laughs> uh <laughs> that's how like that's how my mind was when I first started thinking about becoming a physician cuz I was like, "Oh my god, like I'm going to send my transcripts and they're going to they they they're not going to understand like what I was going through." So that's why uh, I've learned that crafting my story was going to be very instrumental to my application. Right. And, and, and being able to explain what led me through, right. Through, through the motions of my life and, and Mm -hmm. how I am, where I am right now. Right. Um, I think, one thing that I never compromised in this whole process, even though I had many breaks in educations, were my grades. Um, uh, my grades are always always consistently good uh so I knew that I had something to you know it's an argument um that they, if they could say something like in the lines of like you know you had so many breaks in education, how do I know that you're a good student uh, so I could at least say that like you know my my grades speak for themselves but yeah, I remember talking at um at um a career fair once with the um, with someone from admissions from um, a medical school that I don't remember, but I remember asking them what they thought about these breaks in the education, and they were like, "Well, you know, you're gonna have to do very very well in your MCAT so you can <laughs> so you can prove that you know that you basically you're worth it." Yeah, and uh, and I was and I was like, "Okay, you know, it is what it is." So I. And the other thing is that, like, I never, I, I never let anyone, or any, advice, get into my mind, you know. So I, I have heard so many negative, uh, of comments, criticism, uh, and I, and I was like, I, I for some some reason, I, I've listened to them, I, I, I slapped on them, but I was like, you know, I'm not gonna let this, stop me from, from, from trying, you know.
0: Because you went to undergrad in another country, it doesn't sound like you needed to report those grades, that transcript on your applications because you didn't have any of that information transferred over. Is that correct? Um,
1: Yes, it's correct. Um, I mean, I didn't report grades. I reported, um, yeah, I just reported pass and fail.
0: Yeah. Oh, so you did. Uh, You did put the grades, the classes in your transcript.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I put the. I put the. So, um, I went to to two different institutions in the United States, right? Mm -hmm. And those, so Missouri State and Hunter. Uh, Missouri State accepted some classes from Brazil. Okay. And Hunter College accepted other classes from Brazil. Right. So then, after doing a lot of brainstorming, after calling uh, MCAS three different times and hearing different things and reading the manual like four or five times, um, I come to realize that what I had to do was pick the school in the United States that accept most transfer credits from Brazil and then report the classes there are on that transcript. So then AMC could verify that I actually had taken that classes. Right. Yeah. So, but they don't. They don't. Yeah. So, yeah. On a way, I have to say, I benefited from the from the fact that, you know, AMC don't care about my transcripts from Brazil because I had a 2.8 GPA in Brazil, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, But on the other hand, it sounds fair to me because I had to really start from scratch and take every single class in the United States as well. You know, yeah. so it took it took me extra years, thousands of dollars. So.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I think so. that the foreign transcripts is probably the most confusing part for any uh, any student who had any foreign undergrad. It
1: is. And I'm going to tell you, if you call MCAS, every time you talk to someone, they're going to tell you to do something different. <laughs> so I'm going to tell you what I did and it worked for me. So <laughs> you guys can try it too. Uh, that's how I did. Uh, and, and it was fine. So, Because I, I understood that medical schools have the interest to, to know um, the depth of your education, right? Even though they might not see the grades, uh, but it, it, it is interesting for them to know that you have taken ecology, right? You have taken, um, I don't know, um, like I've taken classes in like research um, marine biology, right? So like I report that and um, so.
0: Yeah. Did... In in your interviewing, all the schools that you interviewed at, did your Brazilian coursework come at, up at all? Not at all. Yeah.
1: Okay. I mean, it was it was part of the conversation as we were talking about my journey, um, but they no no there was no specific question about you know about a grade or a class or you know the the, the uh, yeah,
0: no. Okay. What do you think was the hardest part of coming coming to the states, taking your classes, finally figuring out that you want to be pre-med and then starting that journey. When once you started that journey, what was the hardest thing for you? I think
1: honestly, I you know, I arrived to this, I arrived in the United States 10 years ago and I think the whole journey is what made me who i am um so i think the hardest part of everything was being able to juggle having multiple jobs um and and being able to do well in your classes um, having having time for family and friends um it i think all those questions that mostly pre-meds you know, um, have concerns about it too. It's, it's, it, the whole thing is difficult. Um, specifically, specifically for being a pre-med, I think the most difficult thing for me was like, how am I going to tell a story about this immigrant, Latino, gay, who lived in Hawaii, Missouri, Colorado, in Argentina, grew up in Brazil, and now wants to be a physician. That to me, the hardest part was how I'm going to tell my story so people, so people think that I actually have something to bring to the table.
0: Mm-hmm. Let's let's talk about that because we worked together on your personal statement, and and you didn't like some of my advice to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So let's talk uh, about that.
1: I, but but I'm thankful. I'm very thankful because I think sometimes when we're working on our personal statement, we put so much effort, so much love into it mm-hmm. that it, that we, we want it, you know, we don't want to change it because it's like, yeah, this is what I want to talk about. Um And, um and yeah, no, no, I think. Yeah, the reason why we had a little disagreement is because, I, perhaps I expect you to give me more of what I had to say Mm -hmm. and you're actually challenging me to think, okay, what do you have to say? And, and, and it's great. You know, it's, I think, I think I, at the end, I was very happy with my statement. It took me some time. I think I applied a little late in the cycle because my personal statement was skipping me from, from actually hitting submit. Cause, cause it, it was never good. It was never good in your but, uh, eyes. Yeah, yeah, in my eyes, absolutely. But now I look back at it and I'm like, that's that. That's exactly what I what I had to say. Because, and now I'm I'm actually helping other students, uh, especially a hunter, uh, go into the same process. And I see that students fail on understanding that that personal statement is to talk to tell admissions about your life and your drive relating to medicine, yep. right? It's not about anything else. You're going to have so much other, other, other space in secondaries, in extracurriculars for you to, for you to talk more about other things. But, uh, but your personal statement needs need to be very focused on your reasons to become a physician. Um, and I think that's, that's what you helped me figure
0: out. Yeah. Yeah, I I found it uh, a fun experiment with you to to work through that process, and and I I've gotten that feedback before that you gave me of well, like why aren't you telling me what to write? Like that's that's not my job, right? My job is to ask the pertinent questions to get the information out of you so that you can write that. Um, and and there are some people out there who will tell you what to write about. I just I'm not one of those people.
1: Yeah, no, um, yeah, no, absolutely. I I, I can. I can speak for that.
0: <laughs> you so, so being an immigrant, you are lucky enough. I, I forget. You have a green card or you a citizen?
1: I'm a citizen at this point. Yeah. So,
0: so you have your citizenship, which obviously helps tremendously when it comes to applying to medical school. You're not, um, you're not a, a foreigner in the admissions eyes, which is huge. You're mm-hmm. living in New York. How did you right. figure out where to apply to medical schools?
1: as I mentioned earlier, um, seeing the health disparities within my own communities in New York city um, was something that was very instrumental for me to decide that I wanted to become a doctor. And, uh, and I, and since day one, I was like, I want to stay in New York city. So then for me, geography was something that was very important. Um, I also, right. So, so I like. Being able, being part of of a big city, an urban like an urban environment, so we have um, a very diverse demographics, and 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 uh, to me that's very very important as as a person as a professional. Uh, so I knew that I wanted to be in a big city. So at first I was like, okay, I want to stay in New York, and then I you know opened my mind to other cities in the East Coast, so Boston, Miami. Um, and then, as the as the application season kind of progressed, I kept on thinking harder and harder, and then I started opening my mind to other grade schools too, that are not perhaps in a huge urban center and uh, and and yeah, um I think I was a little bit worried about MCAT and GPA grades, um, but i I kind of like uh, I kind of decided to just. Just not worry about that and pick the schools that I that I would feel comfortable in.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's 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 more advice that students don't like hearing from me is don't don't pick schools based on MCAT and GPA.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, and it's hard. I mean, I have no problem saying like I, you know, I my my MCAT was a seventy six percentile, and uh, it was it was also because it was one of my biggest sacrifices, I think for medicine because, uh, I went, when I was studying for my MCAT and you remember, mm-hmm. uh, I told you, I, 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 was going to also through a divorce that happened at that same time. So I actually had to move out out of my place one month before the MCAT. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I decided to not postpone it and go for it. And, and when I got my grade, I was like, this is my grade. Uh, this is the best that I could do at the time. And, and if it becomes a problem, then you no know, medical schools can ask me, and we can talk about it. But okay.
0: uh, yep. And and your divorce uh, was a a byproduct of you spending too much time in this process, right, or a part of it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's hard to you know, it's hard to pinpoint if it's just you know my dedication at that point to getting to medical school, but I think it definitely played a role uh it was hard, but I think that it was better than than now right that, mm-hmm. that during medical school so and and i and I talked about this during my interviews um when when people asked me uh, you know and i it was it was fine you know about about life struggles um yeah yeah
0: so i i had i was at a conference recently and was talking to a student whose husband isn't really on board with her going through this process. And and she's concerned about that and, and kind of waiting and delaying moving forward because she's worried what it will do when they have kids and everything. Having gone through this process, what, what do you think you could have done differently to have improved the relationship and prevented a divorce possibly?
1: Well, um, you know, I think... I don't know if it was something that was preventable, you know, um, now that I look back, I think, I think just like every single application, every single student is, is one story. I think it's the same for every single couple. Uh, the, the, the real truth here is that <laughs> the person needs to be with, needs to be with you a hundred percent. You know, the person, the person who's going to be by your side, during those four years and the years to come, it needs to be someone who is just as focused and just as driven by a goal, by by something um, that that person understands what it means to sacrifice so much, right? And I think that my husband at the time was not there with me, right? So, and and now that I look back, I don't think perhaps you whoever be uh you know uh so so actually it was a good thing for me it was hard then but it was it was a good thing for me and 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 i think in this journey you're gonna have to learn how to be selfish at times right because Mm -hmm. because this is about uh, it's about you it's about where you want to go and where you want to be and uh and, I, you know, I'm, I'm not a physician. Yeah, I mean, I'm so far away from, from it. But uh, from what I see and, and from what I hear from other students, it's, being a physician is more than just a profession. It's really, it's really about who you are. And, and so that person needs to be okay with that. Yeah, I think that person needs to cheer with you you know and understands what it means when someone calls you in the middle of the night and you have to just go to work to answer a call or you know so it, it, and it's hard to find people like that it's really hard because because I, f- I see I think that medical students have a passion that that it's hard to find in other people right that are just doing you know reg- regular nine to five jobs right so yeah
0: I agree so I see a lot of physicians marrying each other, physicians and nurses, physicians and other healthcare providers because they just understand it a little bit more.
1: Yeah, I, I think, I mean, I, I, I tried to talk as much as I could about the process and make him understand what it meant. Um, at first, he said it was fine. And then when it actually came the time to, you know, walk the talk, uh, he, he didn't. So, yeah. Yep.
0: You have been very successful with this application cycle what do you think led to your success with getting a lot of great acceptances to medical schools
1: i think it's about being yourself (laughs) and i know this is gonna sound cheesy but um you know, I think throughout my whole life, I was I've always been the kind of guy who who was truthful to what I am, um, in so many different aspects of my life, and I and I wanted to carry that through my application, right? So, when in my twenties, I wanted to see the world. I wanted to work different jobs. You know, I work at McDonald's. I work at Radio Shack. I was a fine dining server and great restaurants in New York City Uh, and it's stuff that I did because I wanted to do it right and and it and and my involvement with the LGBT community because I wanted to help them you know and it's all a reflection of who I am and to me when I was working through my application being able to 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 show how genuine I was in my life throughout the whole process and how that translates into me wanting to become a physician at this point in my life was key. You know, I think, especially during interviews, during interviews, um, what I thought was going to be the worst thing in my application, right? Like, having moved so much, have not finished, have, have taken 14 years to finish my undergrad. I thought all of those things were going to be you know, laughable things and were actually things that we talked a great length about. Mm-hmm. And I could show to my interviewer that I was someone who had a very good understanding of who I was as a person, and I felt comfortable about it. And 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 I think at the end of the day, they could see that, you know, I would translate that into my career as a physician. Um, so, yeah, I get, uh, yeah, you know, I, I think that's what that's what that's one of the reasons why um my application was successful.
0: So let me let me put on the hat of a student listening to this right now and he or she is hearing your story and you're saying just like be yourself. That's why I was successful. And they're listening to you and be like, Well, you're Latino, you're gay, you're an immigrant. Of course, being yourself is awesome because you're like, you're the pinnacle of diversity. And there's this white guy, white girl listening to this going, well, I, I, I can't be myself because I'm like everybody else. What do you, how do you respond to that?
1: I don't think you're, <laughs> that, see, that's a, like, I think diversity is much more about the color of your skin, about your sexual orientation, about your, I think diversity is what makes you different. Everybody has something that is unique about them, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and usually those, those uniquenesses are something that we're somewhat self-conscious about it, right? Perhaps, I don't know, perhaps you uh, had to go through a big surgery that left you a scar, right, in your face and, and you're very self-conscious about it. Um, what I mean about being genuine is that like, you know, wear it with pride. Um, and how, how do you show that? How do you show that you like, perhaps you can volunteer in a, in a, in a clinic that does, uh, facial reconstruction surgery, you know, like, and that's how you talk about, um, what that scar means means to you right? and how you use that to help others. Right. Um, so so diversity is, in, in your, it, it is on what makes you unique, right? Um, and so then you have to do the work to, you know, take a step back and, and, and reflect about who you are, what is the things that make you different than others, because we're not all the same, right? Uh, we all come from different places. We all have different experiences growing up. Um, and those things are what is what's going to set you apart. The, I think the more admissions committee can see that you are truthful to yourself, that you did things because you really cared for, right? Not just because you wanted to to check a box, right? Uh, then the better your application is going to sound for them.
0: Yeah. And I've said it a ton and I'll say it again your upbringing, right? Your parents, your grandparents, your siblings, your aunts, your uncles are all different than everybody Ooh. else. And so you the way you experience, you the listener experience life is through that lens and that makes it unique. Your experiences are unique specifically because of your upbringing, whether you were raised Republican uh, or Democrat or whatever.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. I think I think being aware of who you are and this sounds cheesy too, right? This is like, who is not aware about, about who they are? Who Nobody they are. is. And, 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 I mean, it's true, it's true. This is the, the hardest exercise that you're going to have to do. If, when you open your MCAS application and you start writing, you start typing things in, right? You're going to notice that sometimes you're going to run a blank and you're going to think, oh my God, why is it so hard for me to just feel like complete this part? It's because you have not done the exercise of, of understanding your true self, like who you are, right? What are the experiences that that shape you as a human? And then you can talk about that. It's hard. We don't do the exercises as humans, and and that's why I loved my application here. I mean, I you know loving maybe perhaps is a little of a, of an exaggeration. It, it, I loved it because I've learned a lot about me, really a lot about me. When I finished my secondaries, which took me about a month <laughs> to to write. Uh, and you, you, you know, cause you, you helped me with it too. Um, I was, I, the sense of self-awareness that I had was completely different than I, than what I was, than what I had like two or three months before that. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. How, yeah. how could you, looking back on that, how could you improve your self-awareness so that when secondaries rolled around, when your personal statement rolled around, you would be more prepared for that to begin with?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's about, you know, p- perhaps taking, making, doing the exercise of writing more about yourself, um, uh, perhaps looking at what are, the, what are those, um, those prompts for secondary applications a little earlier, so you can have an idea of what they ask. Uh, it's, I don't know, I think for everybody, it's going to be at a different time. Um, that that this 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 exercise comes in um, but it's it's I think on your everyday basis, you have to ask yourself why is it that I'm doing this right um, I, I talked to a lot of students um, about their extracurriculars and I asked them, okay, so why are you're doing this and a lot of them were like don't cannot give me an eloquent answer about why they're doing that. What is their drive that it's behind that
0: activity? <laughs> that's uh, because and, most people and, do it because they think they have to.
1: And exactly. And that's very, that's very troublesome because it, it admissions committee can see that, you know, they can see that. So that's why when I was talking to my to the students that I've been coaching and, and helping, I've, I, I was telling them like, you have, when you pick your activities try to try to select activities that resonate with who you are, right? About your passion, about an issue that you care about. Mm-hmm. Because if you do that, it's going to be so much easier for you to talk about it, to write about it. And when you go to interview, it's going to be like, wow, you know, this person really knows about this issue. And you're going to have a great conversation with the interviewer. And I'm sure you know, your application is going to be fine. You have to, people need to start thinking about the application as, as a story, right? Mm -hmm. Like, like if, if you, if you, if after you're done with drafting your application, it seems to you like it's a little chopped, believe me, it's chopped (laughs) because if, if if for you, it seems like a little chopped for them, it's going to look like, wow, like this really doesn't make much sense. I think, when you, when you bind everything with, with passion and identity, right? Like when you put a little bit of your identity on what you do, like, for example, I was an HIV testing counselor at GMHC, which is the gay man self-crisis in New York city. You know, it talks about my passion for medicine because, you know, I want to, I want to go into infectious disease, but it also talks about my identity, right? Me being a gay man and being aware of the problems that, surrounds my community Mm -hmm. right and also
0: yeah so so you received a lot of acceptances from a lot of amazing (laughs) schools how did you narrow down
1: how did you you figure it out i have to be honest with you i never thought it was gonna be like that i never thought i i uh, when i picked my schools uh i was like wow this is really gonna be like (laughs) <laughs> a long shot. I, I don't, you know, it, I I never thought it was gonna be like this. Um, how did I pick them?
0: How many I acceptances
1: them- did you end up with? I have seven acceptances.
0: Can you name the schools?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can name them. Um, give me a second. So I got accepted to um, Mount Sinai in New York City, Rutgers in New Jersey, SUNY Downstate over here in New York City too um University of Miami to the MD MPH program um University of Colorado uh, which is so Woo-woo. cool um <laughs> and then uh Brown Albert Medical School and Weill Cornell in New York City too. And and the most interesting thing about this whole thing is that I decided not to stay in New York City after after all what I had thought initially that I had to stay in New York City um I decided not to
0: so <laughs> your whole story was a lie <laughs>
1: well i never thought well i don't know i i think i didn't think i was gonna get accepted to to to, to brown you know what i'm yeah. saying and then <laughs> and you loved when brown when I, what did
0: you love so much about brown
1: oh my god i can't explain it it's like it was love at first sight. It was love of, her side. It was love of her. since they since interview day. Um, at Brown, I never felt like a number. Never. Um, it was. Um, I think Brown last year got about like ten thousand applications, and they only interview. They always only interview around three hundred sixty people. Mm why other schools usually interview like maybe a thousand, nine hundred people so brown really really picks um who they gonna interview right um and and i think that small number translates into a very tailored interview process and and, and application and acceptance process yeah. and uh and i was in love with brown community uh, i think brown shares a lot of the values that I, that I want in medicine, which is humanism, social, um, social justice. Um, Brown's always talking about the issues that other schools don't want to talk about in medicine. Um, and, you know, different, like, for example, other schools are, you know, concerned about the latest uh, discovery, the latest molecule that's gonna, you know, change the cancer treatment. And it's, and it's awesome, it's great. And um, Brown has some of that too. Um, but, but at least to me, was not my, you know, I, I wanted to go into public health. I went into infectious disease and I felt like at Brown, I was, I was going to be at home. Really. Um, the community was unbelievable. Um, at the end of the day, they're willing to, to work with me through financial aid and, uh, and i and i felt like they they wanted me and uh, and th- this feeling of having such a powerful institution telling you like we believe you and we believe that you're going to be a catalyst of change in medicine so we want you here that feeling is very powerful and i hope that everyone who's listening to to me right now one day can experience that because wow i was i have no words to describe but like how humbling the experience is and and then at brown i'm also i'm, I'm gonna do an md and a master's in population medicine in four years mm-hmm. uh which is which is for me is something that i that i really really care for because i want to be able to work with public health too yeah. mm.
0: with the multiple acceptances how were you able to go to brown go to the other schools and say hey what can you do for me financial aid wise
1: so so that's why i tell students that take time to write your application right because your application is really gonna gonna tell your story it's really gonna open that door for you to go and if the schools like you and they accept you especially the the schools of higher caliber, I guess, um, they're go- they're willing if they're willing to fight for you, you know. When they give you that acceptance, they're like, "We want you." So, and and you know, if if you're gonna work a whole week, let's say a whole extra week on your application, um, think that later that week can translate into maybe a hundred thousand dollars in scholarships, <laughs> right? Because because yeah that's that's kind of like what happened to me <laughs> okay. um yeah i mean i had a I had a great offer from cornell and um and uh and I was very very happy uh with cornell uh, I did my shadowing at cornell i did um volunteering at cornell and um but I knew that i that i i would i, I wanted to go to brown and uh and i and I send them like listen, um this is what Cornell is offering me. Uh, but I would love to be part of your community and I would love to call Brown my medical school. And um and they they they're willing to, to to beat it. To, beat <laughs> to open software. up their wallets. <laughs> so um so yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Like it, it's it's worth the effort. Yeah. It's worth the effort. Because once you get a, that acceptance, you are really an asset for the yeah. school and, and they're willing to to fight for you.
0: Congratulations on all of your success. All of your hard work has paid off. There's still a lot more hard work in the future, but now you know where you're going to school and you, you have all of that behind you. For the students who still have that in front of them, you've given a lot of great advice today, a lot around telling your story. Outside of that, what's one last parting word of wisdom that you can give the student today who's struggling on their journey?
1: don't let other people tell you that you can't do it or that it's not worth it or that it's too expensive. Don't let it because I mean, I thought that I was never going to be able to afford medical school. Right. And, and every time that I tell people, they're like, how are you going to pay for this? Or, and I was like, I don't know. (laughs) I like, I I had no answer for them, but I knew that, that if I worked hard enough, I was somehow I was going to be able to do it. And, and, it, and it now, uh, you know, I'm being, I have, I'm fortunate to, to say that I'm going to go to medical school with a very, very generous scholarship. Um, so a lot of people are going to tell you about how hard it is, how difficult it is. But you have to stay true to who you are and to your passion. And, and if you do that, the world can see it and, and you're going to get there.
0: All right, there you have it. Again, that was Fernando. Congratulations, Fernando, on all of your success. You worked hard. You earned it. You deserve it. The grind doesn't stop here, though, so keep up the good work. If you resonated at all with any part of Fernando's story, remember that it doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter what your sexual orientation is. You will stand out because of who you are. The more you disagree with that, the harder it's going to be for you to write a good personal statement. The harder it's going to be for you to write extracurricular activity descriptions with the thought of trying to show who you are because that's the whole point of this process, to show who you are. You don't have to be a gay man from Brazil to show who you are and do it well enough to get amazing acceptances like Fernando. And that was the conversation I wanted to have with him. And I'm glad he was opening, uh, open to having that conversation because I think everybody needed to hear that it's not about what you look like, where you're from, or anything else that adds to the diversity to allow you to get a great acceptance to medical school. With that, I'll leave you there. Don't forget, nextsteptestprep.com. Use the promo code MSHQ to save 10% on their full-length exams or to save some money off their tutoring or MCAT course. And go check out the Pre-Med Playbook Guide to the MCAT. You can check out all my books on Amazon now. I have three of them on Amazon, which is amazing because I never used to read. And now I'm the author of three books and more to come. Hope you have a great week. We'll see you next time here on The Pre-Med Years where we talk to someone who kind of stumbled into financial advising and loan repayment expertise from the financial world. That's what we're gonna talk about next time here on The Pre-Med Years.